Greetings and welcome to the latest edition of the First Day Podcast. My name is Michael Govier. My co-host Leanne Hello and myself are thrilled for today's guest. We've got someone that we think is going to make a big difference in your life. That's right. Please welcome in Emily Rooker to today's show. I knew Emily a long, long time ago when I was a clueless young fool, and she was a child, essentially. Now, she's an adult. She's experienced her own pain, joy, all of the emotions that the human experience can offer. Plus, she's very authentic. So me and Leanna are really excited to have Emily on board for this episode, and I think it went so well that she'll definitely come back for some more down the road. But I hope you guys take away the honesty that she shares on this episode. She's not afraid to reveal personal experiences about her own mental health from her point of view. So we hope you enjoy this latest episode of The First Day Pod. Michael Govia with my wonderful, lovely girlfriend and co-host Leanne. Hello, we are live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. We have a special guest today to talk about whatever the hells we feel like talking about. It's a mental health conversation. That's what we do in the show. It's also about wisdom, empowerment, education. It's about learning and try to learn from others about this crazy, crazy life that we lead. And that will definitely happen today because we have on uh, someone uh, that I used to know in a previous life, sort of, not really. I, I really don't know her that well, but we we uh, used to be technically family in legal sense, probably, but I don't even know what it is. All I know is she's a great singer. She's got a great personality, and seriously, check out her stuff. Like Emily can sing. I, I shared some of your videos when you were in high school. I was like, damn, that girl can sing, and I was telling everybody about it, and you have only gotten better, but... I don't want to focus on the singing entirely, but you're really damn good. Welcome, Emily. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yay. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I love that I shared that um, TikTok that you did with you singing the waves, and you were just like, you look so cute, and you were just like, hey, Ed. Hi, Ed. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so Mike is going to pop up the comments that end up coming in here. Um, There we go. That's so nice. Anyway. It was so awesome because I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh, man, people don't even know that this is her voice. It just looks like she's just doing like a overlay. You know how people are just like, you know, saying J-Lo and whatever. (laughs) I was like, they don't even know this is actually her. It's just it's amazing. You're so good. You guys are so sweet. Um, Also, Mike, as a side note, I was like, what was the relationship? You are my former step uncle. Is that it? Okay, there That's we go. It. Great. I'll tell you what, I wasn't much of an uncle back then. Uh, I was probably a total bozo. I'd be a pretty good uncle now, I feel like. But back then, oh my God. I mean, imagine your 20 year old self, for example. I mean, you know, what do you I'd have to offer? I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah. Your brother not Josh was, uh, was a great uncle at the time. I think he was like 16 then. We would play video games all the time. It was great. Oh my God, there he is. He's here. Hey, Look at Josh. that. Hi. Wow. Josh hey, was Josh. definitely like, he had empathy at a much younger age than I did. 
because like he was so <laughs> kind and caring to you. I remember that he was yeah, very, he was very sweet. He was, and that's amazing. Yeah, Josh is here. He's uh, Hi, in the ether out there. Hello. <laughs> hey, Josh. Anyways, uh, so this is Emily Rooker. Emily, uh, what should people know about you if they don't know who you are? Well, mm. what would you? What's the elevator pitch on Emily Rooker? <clears throat> well, I mean, the first thing you would have to know is that I'm Mike's former step niece. I mean, that's right, we like got that. yeah. the number one thing to really focus on. Um, okay, I guess the quick and dirty. I'm a musician and an artist uh, based in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm originally from Michigan. Um, the accent is mostly gone, but probably by the end of this conversation, it'll be back. <laughs> but I think, Leanne, you're from Canada, right? I am. Yeah. Yes. So I'll have a nice uh, mix going on in a you second. Will. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I am a hobbyist pole dancer, so that's fun. I am a former life coach, so I know some things. <laughs> I uh, I didn't finish college the first time I tried. I went to Berkeley uh, College of Music, and wow. I ended up dropping out. But I'm back finishing my undergrad now and working on releasing my third studio album, which I'm very excited about. Um, so, yeah, that's me. I love Survivor. I have three dogs. I'm a Pisces. I mean, these are the highlights. <laughs> that's that's good stuff. Berkeley College of Music ain't no joke, though. That's, that's well, I dropped out. <laughs> so what yeah. though? But you got in though, and you probably did. You at least meet some cool musicians there that maybe you still keep in touch with, or yeah, I did. I met a lot of cool people there. Um, yeah, a lot of like amazing artists, and actually, I think that like all the famous people who went to Berkeley, like. Um, John Mayer or Phoebe Bridgers, they all dropped out. So that's kind of like the cool thing to do. Yes. Everybody <laughs> knows you don't go all the way. Like yeah. if you got you talent, finish. you're like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Bye. I'll stick around for these classes. Come on. Correct. Uh, my friend just saw Phoebe Bridgers on uh, Tuesday night. She was here in Michigan. Nice. So, that's yeah. awesome. She's great. Very. Oh, yeah. She's wonderful. I, I love music. Leanne knows that about me. Uh, Leanne mm -hmm. loves music, too. But Leanne... Leanne has an issue. There's a mental health issue with music for her because she feels oh. that some people were too snobby about music in high school and they ruined it for her. Oh, this no. Is true. Who are these people? <laughs> Who ruined music for you? This It's true. I do have a little bit of a trauma about it. And so, and it was funny, he's bringing it up because we went to, he came to Canada and we went to this record store that I haven't been to since high school. And it's a really cool, like, I feel like it's a really cool record store. Like they've it got is. a lot. Yeah. Two levels. Like they've got vinyl, everything. There old vinyl, need. new vinyl. Yeah. They got everything. Yeah. It's really cool. But I just like walked in and wanted to walk out because I just like it brought back all these memories that like if you didn't remember or you didn't know all the bands, all the people, all the things that they did, all the like you, you just weren't cool enough. And I just didn't care <laughs> enough. I like. Who are I, these people? I loved music. And so then I ended up bringing it into like. Because Mike, when I met Mike, when because he was so into music, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this I'm is gonna trouble. be this is gonna be the problem. This is gonna be the reason why we're not gonna make it." So. Oh, no way! Yeah, but no, I'm. He has introduced me to so many good. Well, you. So oh. he's he's introduced me to some really good music, and I just I'm not one of those people. I don't remember anybody's names of songs, names of artists, anything. I just know what I like. And um, yeah, but I remember you, you, yeah, your voice, it's just so, 
I don't even know how to explain it, but it's something that like I feel like I would have loved when I was younger, but I adore now. And then I'm like when I introduce it to like my parent, like my mom, I feel like it's just like crosses generations. It's just such a beautiful sound, um, if that makes any sense. I don't know if it does, but I really appreciate that. I've I don't. I've been feeling like uh, – so I'm 28, so I'm like a millennial, I yeah, guess. Yeah, just a baby. Just yeah. to – thank God, please. I feel like I'm getting old and I'm getting scared. Um, but anyway. <laughs> That's typical. That's typical though. Hey, yeah. that ain't shit on 40 though. Come on, it's yeah. amateur hour. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Um, but I feel like what I notice – oh, thanks, Josh uh, – is like – gen x people really like my vibe and so do like teenagers like really young people so i feel like i don't know where people my age are at but um every time i meet like teenagers at shows they like think i'm cool which is psychotic because i'm like so lame and don't do anything (laughs) um but they're just like you're so cool and i'm like what alternate universe are we in right now but thank you (laughs) you are are i feel like you are and i've watched your like oh gosh i don't even know i don't know where i saw instagram facebook whatever they're all a blur to me so i saw you on social media (laughs) but it's just you're so yourself i think that's what's really cool is that you are just so you and what i like is that you changes so it's you know how like some of these artists have like a persona and so that's all that you would see. And then if the paparazzi caught them, you'd be like, what? That's not who they are. But you're yeah. just you. And so you've got like, oh, God, I don't know. It's just it authenticity. is authenticity. So cool. yeah, yeah, it means everything. People catch on to that. It's getting harder yeah. to be fake now and actually connect with people because people are buying the bullshit. We're getting a yeah. better barometer overall as a society for authentic and genuine connections. Yes. Yeah. I think, well, A, that's really sweet of you to say. That's really nice. Um, And I always think it's interesting because I get this feedback a lot. And I have to remind people in my real life, like, that social media is not real. (laughs) Like, even that is, like, it's (laughs) fake. Like, it's a fake version of me that I'm putting out there in hopes that people like it. Um, And, I mean, I am being myself. I'm not, like, Mm -hmm. pretending to be someone else. But it's a highlight reel. Like it's completely just the best snapshots of what I want people to see. And it doesn't include everything else, <laughs> all the struggling. Mm-hmm. Even if I choose to share about struggling, it's usually to achieve a specific you aim. Do. Yeah, I do. And I've had a friend who was like, I was having a really bad actually mental health, like episode earlier this year in April Um, and I was talking to a friend about it and she's like, oh my gosh, you like seem so good on social media. And I'm like, social media is fucking fake. Like I'm telling you, (laughs) I, it's not real. Like it's just not real. So I'm glad that people feel like they know me and I am trying to be real and authentic, but it's still like, it's a sliver of everything. Like always remember that. (laughs) Well, you could still be honest and real. Well, actually, you could be authentic and genuine and be yourself, but you don't have to reveal everything. But both those right. things that can happen simultaneously, and there is a part of us that we should all keep private. But I also 
me personally, I've just decided to be very open about everything, mainly because there's stigmas involved, and I want to kill mm-hmm. stigmas as much as I possibly can. Addiction, yeah. anything mental health disorder related, I I just think it's important. If they don't want me to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. Well, and I, I wonder about this, too, because I talk a lot about mental health and my struggles, and I'm very straightforward. And I even feel like there's an expectation of like, you say you're not doing well. And then like a week later, people are like, you're, you're good again. Right. Like you're fine. <laughs> like yep. you talked about it and now you're good. And it's like, no bitch, I'm not good <laughs> still. Um, and so I'm always wondering, like when we're talking about it, what is our goal? Like, what are we trying to achieve by talking about it? Cause sometimes I feel like I'll be like, I'm not doing good. I need a lot of support. And then four days later, people comment to me like, oh, but you're good now. And I'm like, that's not how this works. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what are we doing? (laughs) Especially, yes, especially with loss. uh, You know, people, Mm -hmm. you just don't get over that. It's something that sticks with you forever. Uh, At least for me, in my experience, the experiences can vary. I get that. But I think there is, when it comes to support from others and loved ones, that's why it, it grows tiresome for certain people. Because they want to move. They just don't have it. It could be exhausting to help someone. Like someone in addiction, for example, like me. When I was in opioid addiction, I've said this many times. My mom just like ran out of gas. Like she just couldn't give anymore. My brother had his own experience. And then I had mine. Even after I saw him go through it, it, that just shows you that nothing to do with being smart or aware. It'll happen to you no matter what. If you're not dealing with the internal trauma inside. But eventually, you know, the loved ones just, it's not their fault. They're just... At a certain point, you just want to live your life and you can't give anymore. And that's why specialists and helping professionals exist because we need to lean on them because it's their job to do that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think too, like I've had my own substance abuse problems and it's, um, yeah, it's like a lifelong thing that I feel like ebbs and flows as I grow older. Um, But something that, has really helped me is to realize that like there's nothing wrong with you as a person if you become addicted to something like yes. it's called addiction because it's like a physical reaction the dependency is like caused by the substance not by some deficit that you have um, it's not a moral issue it's not about willpower. Right. no absolutely not and so my father passed away when i was seven um he was an alcoholic and Um, eventually that ended his life. And for the longest time, I was like, why couldn't he just like get better? Like what was wrong with him? And then through my own struggles, I realized like, oh, alcohol is a very addictive substance. Like if you drink enough and for long enough, like that would happen to everyone just if you sustain the use. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a personal failing. And it's really a failing that we don't talk about how dangerous those things are outside of individual choice and just as like what they are. Um, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Very good point. Alcohol's everywhere and mm-hmm. it's one of the most deadly substances out there. I mean, people say, Oh, heroin's deadly. Sure. It's, it's deadly, <laughs> right. but we make it seem worse because it's a schedule one drug, but alcohol's right. on every corner and it could kill everybody just as easily. It might take a little bit longer, but yeah, it doesn't have to take that long. I mean, you're, yeah, I've told I've told you that your father was a very great influence in my life. It's amazing that he could have such an influence 
and then just be gone from this earth. And you don't think of it when you're young. I didn't think much of it at the time, but as I've had perspective now and I've, I've passed his age, you know, he died so young in his thirties. I'm so in, crazy. Right. I'm in my forties now. And, and I look back and like, wow, you know, mentoring people or like reaching out to helping people when they're in their development stages at youth really does have an impact. And even if they don't recognize it at the time, they will later because your dad, your dad was there. We had a father, my mom, and dad were divorced. I was five mm-hmm. years old and he wasn't around much. And having people like that as a pick me up to like, you know, play Madden with us or whatever, just dumb stuff to make us laugh or have a good time. And that stuff matters a lot. And I think people miss that sometimes, but at the same time, he's your father. I'm talking about a guy like, yeah, he was cool in my life. Right. But like, it's your fucking dad. And yeah. I have no idea what that feels like. I, I could try to guess, but I don't know. Oh, you will someday. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Not I got, to be you know, dark about it, but <laughs> it's going to happen. Everyone, my dad's going to die. Every, unfortunately, we're all going to die. Um... Shit. Leanne, I told you. See, I told you, Leanne, everyone's going to die. She never believes me. <laughs> But I think you're so I think about this all the time about like, there's this duality that happens with me where I have like this huge ego. And I think everyone like really cares like what I'm doing and that they're thinking about me all the time. And they're just not. (laughs) Um, But also at, at the same time, like we have such an impact on other people without even realizing it. And so I've I think a lot about like that balance of like people are not like obsessed with you. They're not always mad at you, blah, 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 but you are influencing them in ways that like you probably don't even realize. And so it's, it's beautiful like to have that all going on. And I think that, Oh, what does that have to say? Okay. Hold on one second. I'm just going to warn you, Emily, we didn't warn you in the beginning. So when he does, jump those up. What I do is just try not to look at the bottom of the screen. Because <laughs> otherwise it's too hard to like keep forming your sentence because then it's like, oh, okay. She's very squirrely. She's squirrely. I am. So. I understand. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so go ahead. You had a point you wanted to say. Yeah. Go what ahead. I was, oh God, see here, squirrel. I don't remember. I think it was, um, oh, when you were asking about like, so what is the, what's the whole point with us talking about when like when we're going through struggles or when we're not having such a good day or when whatever like what's the point if people have such a a, like a little little um attention that Mm -hmm. they're like oh okay and then a couple days later they're like oh no emily's back she's fine she's great the whole thing is is because yes people want to just brush it off and make sure you're okay because then they can kind of check it off their book and just be like okay i don't have to worry about that anymore um but the the whole reason of talking about it is so then the people that are struggling with it that doesn't hear anything anywhere about it and thinks that they're alone and they're they're weird or they're why is this happening everybody else on social media looks like they're having a great time that's why it needs to happen and if everybody could just give when they're having the low days or even when they're not having a low day when even when they're having a good day and then they're like you know what i woke up and it wasn't great but now I had, you know, whatever it is, then it'll feed the social media, the the whole homepage where it's not you talking about it every day, but it's mm. you talking about it, Mike talking about it, me talking about it, somebody else talking about it. So in a given day, there will be feed inside of there that it's like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. she's having it too. And I think that's what it is because I, I agree with you. I think it's like 
people just want to brush it off and people just want to like, oh, you had a bad day and now you're good. Please tell me right. you're good so we don't have to have that <laughs> uncomfortable conversation. Right. Um, right. You well, know? it's like you said, like if people want you to be okay immediately, like that's about them, not you. 100%. Like, they're like, I want to fix that so that I don't have to feel uncomfortable that you're sad. Yes. Um. So I'm like, all you can do is just be like, I'm here for you. You don't have to feel better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's so much more helpful. And like realize when you want to fix someone and you can't like and why you're uncomfortable. It's because you care, mm -hmm. but you can't do anything like you yes. can't fix someone else. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. We're talking live with Emily Rooker here. You can follow her at erook. A gram, erookstagram, erookstagram. Yeah. E I like that. Yeah, erookstagram. <laughs> Sounds like aristocrat. Erookstagram. Yeah. Are you an aristocrat? You classy, high class lady? I don't think so. No. <laughs> I really don't think so. I to show this to illustrate this point. Well, number one, there's a blanket up in my window to block yeah. the sunlight, and downstairs for like almost a whole year. We had towels up in the window, and I just finally put curtains up. So, <laughs> no, definitely not an aristocrat. In fact, kind of trashy. <laughs> yeah, that's that yeah. Michigan trash coming yeah. in. <laughs> that Heartland trash. We love to see it. <laughs> it's funny no, that you point no. that out. I thought that was like an old vintage couch or something behind you. I was oh, trying to figure true. it out. Yeah. I was like, is she sitting on the floor? And that's that. And I was just trying to like Let's gauge what that. was happening. Yeah. Oh, uh, Josh says uh, mine as well, Emily. He definitely impacted me. I think he's talking about your uh, your dad. Uh, yeah. I, I think about it a lot being a father. Josh has two oh, kids now, so that makes sweet. sense. Uh, you don't have any kids, right, Emily? No, sir. I do not. Neither do I. Hey, no kids here, right, Leanne? Congratulations. No kid life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, Leanne, you found a new friend. Leanne oh, doesn't want to have kids at all. So. No. Good. Respect. Props to you. Okay. I have to ask you this because... Are you almost 40, 40 ish, Leanne? 41. 41. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm past it. I'm in it. I'm there. I'm, yes. I'm in it. Well, good for you. You made it. Yes. Um, so I'm wondering when you were like, this is the phase I'm in now, like yeah. in your late 20s, yeah. all your friends start having kids yeah. and you're kind of like, what the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. I feel like really awkward. I don't know how to be there for them. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering like if you kind of went through that adjustment and like how you came out the other side. Yes. So, okay. So without being, I mean, we can take this offline and we can get personal about why you're not <laughs> doing it. But if you, if you really like, own, like if you truly do not want to have children, at least right now, and who knows, like you might yeah, decide later on who cares. But if for right now your truth is I don't want children, Mm -hmm. then what's going to happen probably and maybe not, but for me anyway and a lot of my girlfriends is that we have this thing that we feel like we need to explain ourselves, like mm -hmm. that we're a bad person because we don't want to procreate. Like it's this weird thing that we should be. And so I tell all my girlfriends that don't want kids, I'm like, you need to the first thing. And it's the same thing with anything. You need to just own it. And this is who you are. And then one of the things that I always said was, I don't want to have children, but I love kids. I just don't want any of my own. And unfortunately, that's something that I still say because I feel like I have to like caveat it. Like, no, I'm not against children. I like children and puppies. Like, I'm still like, <laughs> no kids, right? Ever like, again. <laughs> keep them away from me, please. So, yes. 
So, um, and then like, do you like kids? Do you like being around them? Sometimes. Okay. So <laughs> if you like, this is the Some next thing. Kids. Some kids are dicks. Like people act like all kids what? are like cool and chill, but some kids honestly not fun to be around. Some I don't are. believe you. I don't believe that. <laughs> Absolutely. Children Absolutely. are angels. Okay, they're God's <laughs> gift to humanity. I do kind of like kids that are rabble rousers, though. I like when they have a bit of like just like fuck Spunk. shit up energy. I'm I'm here for that. See, that's awesome, and that's actually probably really good for them to have you in their life, so then you can you know, embrace that, which their parents probably are not. Yeah, you should teach middle school. If you're into that kind of attitude, oh, you should teach God. middle school. That would be perfect for you because those kids, oh. there's nothing. There's no stakes and it's a free-for-all. I taught middle school. I taught high school oh, and middle God. school for five years. And You did? Oh, middle school was hell. I'd take high school any day of the week, any day of the week. They're well, just so I always hear weird. that, but why? Like, what's the big difference? That early puberty is developing, right? You know, like eighth graders, they're the worst because they're like into puberty now, but they don't know what's going on. So they're, and there's no stakes. I, I made this point all the time. There's, there's no transcripts or anything. Like nobody cares about middle school. There's really that's nothing true. at stake. And they know it because they're like, oh, when I get to high school, that's when I really, you know, I got to settle down or try harder. People are starting to game the system and the kids just are confused and they're, up and they're down it, women and the, bo the boys and the girls it's just yeah. there's no gender distinctions or anything it's just everybody's <laughs> yeah that's crazy i could never do that like ever so i couldn't good. either that's why i got good the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> bye <laughs> of course i was addicted to pills too but you know that, i still would have left anyway so that's a side note yeah yeah that's sure a, yeah, sure that it's doesn't help anything yeah <laughs> Does not, does not at all. Uh, Josh says, uh, both mine, his kids, have personality for days. Mike can attest he has spent time with them. That's right, I have. I saw them uh, a couple months ago. Uh, hormones, that's right. That's right. That's my mom. Hi, mom. Oh, you remember hi. my mom, her? Yeah, I there sure she is. Do. She's Michelle Katz now. Hi, Michelle Katz. Cute. Hey. Uh, so, yes. Well, okay, that's enough children talk. I don't want to spend more time because there's so many other things. But that's a good point. I think it's a great point. Women down. are kind of like... If you're not having kids, you seem like you're a weirdo, right? As a well, woman? this is why I just said this the other day. So, like, I was just talking with some friends because we were kind of talking about gender and, like, sort of deconstructing what gender is and sort of feeling gender fluid. And I was like, I'm going to keep claiming womanhood, like, with my chest out of spite because I want people to know that womanhood is not just about like having a uterus and giving birth. Like, Amen. fuck that. That's trash. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm not here for that. We, why is that the defining trait of a woman? Like, nah, I'm not here for it. So it's always bothered me. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I'm a guy, so I'm not in the conversation, but as a viewer of the conversation, I'm like, why is this the defining Right. paradigm for women like uh, right. i feel like i think i think things got all backwards and you guys can stop me when i'm wrong because i am a male here and i'm definitely <laughs> not trying to mansplain i'm just saying that women got caught up in a structure where they were constantly like okay i'm gonna get married and have kids and that's like the attainable goal of living a quality life in the united states and i'm like what right. why does that have to be the attainable goal why can't a career right. or whatever the hell you want it to be i, I don't right I don't know well, and like, even if two people, like a man and a woman, hey, great to see you too, Michelle. Um, a man and a woman decide to have kids, like 
ultimately the societal expectation is that at the end of the day, the kids are that woman's responsibility. Um, And that I'm also not here for. I'm like, you were part of this, like you impregnated her. So (laughs) what the fuck? Like you need to be part of this. The Um, worst part is when they say like the wife goes with her girlfriends for one night, like a year and he babysits babysits the kids. You're not babysitting. Those are your You're kids, taking care on. of your children. <laughs> like, we're babysitting all year long? Is right. that what we're doing? No. So it's like, it's the most bizarro thing I've ever It's psychotic. So yeah, I've struggled with wanting to have kids because of all of that stuff. Like, we need to be in lockstep that it's an equal partnership. Like, I am not the primo only caregiver because I don't, I'm not doing that. Like... I don't, I'm not interested in that at all. <laughs> See, this you, is why I wanted to have you on. Go ahead, Leanne. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, but you could definitely like, so that's why I think it's important just to figure out like for any decision that we're making in anything, going to school, getting a job, having kids, getting married, whatever it is, there's always like, we need to like step back and look inside and really figure out what our thing is. Like aside mm-hmm. from any kind of norms, any kind of anything And figure out what that is because I would hate for you not to have kids because you have this thing that it's, oh, I'm I'm not going to find somebody that I'm going to be able to do 50-50 with. And then you just shut it down because I think you'd be a great mom, not like, oh, because you're a woman and like I have to say that to every woman because you feel this way. I think it would be amazing if you were a mom and able to – to instill this in your kids, whether you have, you know, a little boy or a little girl or whatever. Um, But I feel like we need to come up with those, those decisions for ourselves and then figure out all the rest of it later. Um, You know, but I also Uh, think uh, it's tough in general, like, like, I don't think that just because you'd be good at something is a good reason to do it. No, absolutely <laughs> not. No. We're told that about, like, careers, kids, all these things. Like, okay, maybe you're good at it, but do you want to do it? <laughs> I'm a really good sharpshooter. I should be a sniper. Oh, that'd be sick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what – yeah, I agree with you. I, yes. I feel like – it's like, oh, you have a uterus. You were given a uterus. Don't let it go to waste. Yeah. Like, who cares? It's I, not. I have it's an appendix. So I'm never going to use that. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I've been I've the, been told that a lot. Like, because I'm nice or because I'm good with kids, I volunteer with kids, I do a lot with kids. You should be a mother. Like, what? No. no. You better I be. should not be a mother. So... <laughs> I'm also very selfish. Like I want my own time. So no, I should not be a mother because when that baby cries in the middle of the night, I don't want to get up for it. Like I just don't. (laughs) It's your life. You should be selfish. Yeah. 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 And no, like who wants to be raised by someone who didn't, who doesn't want them anyway. Like even if you're good at it, like who cares? Right. Recipe for disaster right there. And that's what you have. You have a whole, uh, there's hundreds of thousands of children that are being raised by people that didn't want them. That is right. happening right now. It sucks, oh, but it's yeah. true. 100%. Yeah. And that's where all this stuff comes from, all this trauma and disorders. A lot of it comes from decisions were made, and being a parent is the greatest responsibility of all. I don't care what anybody says. I know that. That's why I respect it so much that I never even whiffed 
came close. I never even had, you know, I never uh, impregnated anybody or even wanted to in any way. And I took it very, very seriously. I went out of my way to use condoms as a man because it was terrifying. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm, I saw my own parents, too. I'll be honest. My own parents' marriage didn't go well. Let's, I mean, it just didn't. Mom, you know that. You're watching right now. You could attest to that. It's no secret. And in the end, that does that also impacted me. So in a way, it kind of yeah. helped me in that sense, which is weird. But I, I'm just wondering, Emily, the pressure... Is it a day-to-day pressure that you feel as a woman, this conversation we're having about you should have kids or you should feel that you should have children, that is a mental health issue that you have to kind of deal with. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not daily, but I do talk about it a lot. And I do have dear friends with kids and friends who are, you know, 10, 15, 20 years older than me who I kind of look to to be like, how did you navigate through this? Like what happened? How did it all go? Um, so I, I really feel okay. Like I do think someday I'll have kids. I'm not in like a rush to do Mm -hmm. it at all. And I think my, (laughs) I, I just always want to be sure I'm not making decisions like out of spite or like to prove someone wrong. (laughs) Like, I would never want to be like, yeah, I'm going to have kids to like show them how you should have kids and like how it should be done and be like, yeah, I have kids, but like I still fuck and like do all these things and I'm still a person like that's not the right reason to do it. So I'm always like trying to check myself and, you know, don't do things to prove someone wrong or to prove a point. Do them because you want to and it's going to make you happy. So um yeah anyway it is a pressure it is people like like sorry mom if you're listening she keeps being like give me grandkids and i keep being like ha 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 no um, i love your mom by the way god i haven't seen your mom in years your mom was the best hi leslie you're the best i hi, hope uh, i wasn't too much of an asshole when i was a kid you're the best uh yeah so people i mean they do want it they do assume like that one day it will happen um and i just think it's not fair it's not assumed of men in the same way at all like it's just not so i i don't think it's fair everyone should do what they want to do but um i don't like that i also don't like rules i don't like being told what to do so i hate when people assume or tell me i should do something (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like me leanne right it does it does yeah don't tell me what to do i'll figure it out I yeah. will ask for your advice and I want to gain wisdom from others, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. with you there. I, ah, that is challenging. Uh, let's, let's talk about some other stuff too here. So as someone who struggles, do you struggle with depression or is it something that just kind of, you get depressed sometimes? Cause I, I've never been clinically diagnosed with depression, but I'm pretty yeah. confident that, uh, I've, I know I've been depressed for sure. So am I depressed forever? If I have depression, I don't know. I wonder how you feel about that. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone obviously goes through periods of grief, but I also think whether you're diagnosed or not, if you think you have some kind of mental health disorder, you're probably right. Like if you think there's really something wrong that you can't address through like the things people say, like drink water, exercise, blah, 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 all this stuff. Like (laughs) (laughs) you're probably right. I mean, how many people say that? They're like, Oh, have you tried like losing weight about your depression? Fuck you. Like, come on. <laughs> no, but I take Zoloft. Thanks anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, 
Leanne drinks. Leanne's always talking about drinking water. I'm sorry. That was just so funny. She's like, I don't drink enough water. That's my problem. I don't drink enough water. That and sleep. I'm always like, those are my answers. And then I just don't do them. So then it's like, oh, well, that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, they help, but they're not going to like cure everything. Um, But so, yeah, the the things like if we just want to do a little charting, I struggle with uh, panic disorder, depression, hypochondria, PTSD, and substance abuse issues. So it's a really fun time over here. That's a full list. And that's got a rap sheet. You do have a rap sheet, mental health rap sheet. I want to give you credit for saying that, though. Thank you for sharing that and being honest about that. It's no jokes. All jokes aside, that's not easy for everyone to do. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because you're willing to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like, it's just like if I had like diabetes or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's like anything else. Like it just is something. It doesn't have anything to do with moral character, anything like that. Um, and I actually think in a lot of ways, I wonder if you all maybe have similar feelings, like the ways that I've struggled with my mental health have actually given me very like specific and unique skills that other people don't have. Like, For example, my extreme anxiety means I am always like very prepared. (laughs) Mm. I'm very prepared for everything um, in a way that some people just aren't. And it it started because of like fear and anxiety and panic. But now it's just kind of like that's just how I live my life. And it's kind of like an asset to me. Uh, So sometimes it, it can teach you things or be helpful um, as you struggle, you get better at doing other stuff. That's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So now I have a question. Yes. Um, so, okay. First of all, were you diagnosed with these or yes? Okay. Some so, of them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So do you mind me asking like kind of when you thought that it went from just being anxious because it's like a nervous situation to being something that you needed to go and get help for and kind of like, would you be able to just kind of walk people through like what that kind of looked like? If you can remember, like sometimes we can't, but. Absolutely. I think that's a really good question. Um, So the first time I was diagnosed, I think with panic disorder and depression, I was in high school. I think I was like 16 or 17 And I went into like a massive, like dissociative, like episode, like I, I don't know the exact term, but it was like, when I would look in the mirror, like I wouldn't recognize myself. It was like very frightening, like sort of mind and body, like totally separate from each other. And it was so disorienting and terrifying that I couldn't go to school. I couldn't go. I had like a part-time job. I couldn't go to work. I was just kind of like under a blanket for two weeks. And like, if I looked in the mirror, I would just start crying and freaking out. It was really scary. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, this is not good. Like, this is not something that I can get through. So I, I mean, my mom was there with me and kind of encouraged me to go to the doctor and I was prescribed some antidepressants or I don't know. I was on Paxil as a kid. Um, oh, I tried that for a minute. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I dry did, mouth. Very dry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that for a while and that helped. And then, I mean, there's been other times too. Like, for example, in college, um, I went through like substance abuse issues as a result of 
certain um, sexual violence or traumatic situations that happened to me. And like, once I realized again, like I'm not functioning in life, I was like, okay, it's time to like get out of the situation and try something else. And then when I moved to Memphis, I was about 22 and I was just like, I felt like spiraling every day. I would do like the thing where you wake up and you're like, today's the first day. I'm like, it's ultimatum time. I'm never drinking. First day podcast. Yeah. But in a psychotic way, not a good way. <laughs> oh, trust me. It's uh, born out of psychotic thoughts yeah. from both of us. Trust me. We've yeah. had a million. Hey, tomorrow's the first day of the rest of our lives. We're going to do it. Yeah. So yeah, it was like that every day. And every day I would fail. Like every single day I would fail. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I went to therapy and I've been in therapy now for like, I don't know, six years. Yeah, I'm 28. Um, good for you. Wonderful. Here, here. Yeah. That's yeah. a good thing. That's wonderful. Maintenance. Maintenance. Yeah, for sure. And in the pandemic, I got back on meds. So I'm taking Zoloft now. Um, and I have gone through periods of complete sobriety and abstinence from everything and really reevaluated my relationship with alcohol. Mm. Um, and so now I have like such a better relationship to it where like, I, I don't feel like I need to drink. I can kind of keep my eye on it. I, I will go weeks without drinking at all. Um, so yeah, there's been many check-ins and there will, I'm sure be many more, like it's not ever like done, which is really frustrating sometimes, but um, those are a few of the times where I was like, okay, we really need to adjust and get help and just figure out a way through. Cause what I'm doing alone is not working. Yes. Well said. We're yeah, talking live here with Emily Rooker. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Please follow her on all social medias. Emily Rooker. It's not hard to find. You can follow her on Instagram at erookstagram and her music is incredible. Please check out the music. If you like music, you enjoy music and you're a human being. So you probably do. She's got a great voice. Uh, she also, you play some instruments too, don't you? Yeah, I play piano mostly. I can yeah. sort of play guitar and I've played drums like twice in live performances. So we'll listen to that too. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's you're on Spotify. You're like everywhere, aren't you? Anywhere you can stream music, you can find me. Yes. Okay. Check that out, guys. <laughs> Seriously, give her the time and energy she deserves. It. Give her five minutes. Oh. You'll never go back. I promise. I mean, never not go back is what I mean. You will always be a part of that <laughs> musical. Never experience. go back. <laughs> yeah. Give her five minutes and you'll never listen to it again. You <laughs> will be depressed and not ever go back. <laughs> uh, hey, I love crying. If a music makes me cry, that's a good song. I have no I problem agree. with that. Uh, Josh wants to know what was it like you saw someone else in the mirror, Emily? I can relate to those feelings to when you're talking about your episodes yeah. that you've gone through. A hundred percent. It was like, I mean, it was a full on dissociative, like, I can't, I don't know who that is. I was like, how is my brain inside of that? It was very jarring and not good. <laughs> oh, I, I believe it was not good at all. Yeah, that's very intense. Uh, we also have a few more comments to catch up on. Josh says, I always push my wife to do things for her when she has doubts about doing things for herself. Yes. It's important to do things that make you happy regardless of societal norms. Agreed. True. Can't be afraid to be open with mental health sometimes. Break the views on mental health. That's right, Josh. That's what we're trying to do here. 
and always be open. You can talk about mental health. Yeah, it's good to find people that you can connect with. In this pod for us, for example, you can connect with us, First Day Pod, firstdaypod at gmail.com if you want to email us. And all social medias, the First Day Pod, me, Leanne, Emily, you can connect with any of us, I'm sure. Emily's open to, to would somebody message you, would you say, hey, go to hell, I got shit to do. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I would not. <laughs> I didn't think you would. I was just checking. Just checking. No, I respond to like basically all of my DMs unless I like miss it and like just don't see it. So yeah, I Life love happens. when people reach out to me. It's always like I'm. I'm sure you've experienced it too. It's like humbling and very strange when someone is like, "You really helped me with what you said or what you did." It's like, <gasps> cool. I don't know how I did that. Yeah, <laughs> it's inspiring though. It is. Yeah, it's it awesome. feels. There's nothing wrong with feeling good for. You know, it's like someone told me, like, if you help people the rest of your life and you were selfish about it, who gives a shit? You're helping people. Like, yeah. if you, oh, I yeah. really enjoy helping people, but I'm kind of selfish <laughs> about it. Great. People are being helped. It doesn't right. matter how you feel about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's totally. an interesting thought. Uh, Ed says, that is an important statement to believe. Mental health issues has nothing to do with willpower, strength, or poor moral character. Yes, thank you. That's exactly what Emily was saying. Ed knows that as well as anybody. Ed himself uh, Emily, you don't know Ed that well, but he's had plenty of his own struggles. He's shared openly and honestly in our book club, too, by the way, which oh, you guys fun. can check out every Monday night. We do a one-hour book club, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Zoom. If you want to join us, we do it one hour. We get in, we get out, we move on with our life. We don't hold you over. We don't, you know, go on for hours. Right, Leanne? Right. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get her water in right now. I know. What a dick I am. Uh, this is the book we're doing right now. This book's called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. So we do focus on nonfiction, uh, you know, call it self-improvement, whatever the hell you want to call it. But we're just trying to learn about other ways to help ourselves and others. So that's what we're doing right now. And if you guys want to check that out, email the show, firstdaypod at gmail.com. All right, Emily Rooker, uh, what is the scariest thing a person can do? In your opinion, um, fly on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I'm kidding. Kind of. I am really scared of flying. Um, I'm terrified. I am terrified. I asked a flight yeah. attendant to get, or sorry, what do we call him? Oh, is stewardess bad or flight attendant? I bad? think I flight remember. attendant is right. I yeah, think stewardess is the outdated language. Yes, yeah. Okay, it's okay. Wow. Your first instinct was good. Yeah, you were right. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Well, I asked the flight attendant to get off a flight after we were sitting there for forty-five minutes. We oh, weren't leaving. I'm like, can I, can I can I get off this flight? Can and I, I was leave? wearing this. Yes, and she let me. She's like, oh, you poor poor soul. She was southern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I once on a flight from Dublin to Boston, I basically just had like an eight-hour panic attack. It was really <sighs> not good. So yeah, flying on a plane. <laughs> um, oh man! I don't know. Like a more serious answer. Scariest thing someone can do. I think the scariest thing you can do is to go for your dream, not knowing if it's going to work out, not mm -hmm. caring if like how people think of you. Um, just sort of like taking a leap of faith and trusting the world and the people around you to take care of you is very scary and difficult. Wow. That's beautiful. And yet you do it. I do. And it is scary. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. how do you, how do you get through it? Like, how do you get yourself to get on stage and, and get in front of the camera and get in front of 
social media and people and how do you do yeah. it? Yeah. Well, it's one so vulnerable therapy. <laughs> um, <laughs> two, I mean, I've never really had stage fright. So it's not the getting up on stage. That's the problem. It's this past year, I decided to like make the leap and pursue music full time. Um, and part that's of, a scary part. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And part of what allowed me to do that was realizing that I had let like the fear of failing, like keep me from doing it. And I had to reevaluate like what success even means, like what it, what is failing at it? Like what even is that unknown thing? And by not trying, I mean, you're failing anyway. So yeah. there's that, but really what pushed me is I was thinking about death a lot. And I was just thinking like, I don't know how long I'm going to get to live. I don't know like what this world has in store for me, but I only get according to my religious beliefs, this one life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I just want to be happy and I want to enjoy it. Like I don't want to not do the things I love because I'm scared of what someone else is going to think. What a waste. Um, yes. So that's really what pushed me. I was more scared of literally dying and not having done the things I wanted to do, then I was a failing. So that's it. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's familiar to me. 47 <laughs> minutes in, I got to remember that because that needs to be like a quote that everybody just, just gets. put it on the wall. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That was so good. Yeah. Leanne, I say it all the time. You know that. Death is knocking on our door. We got to get our asses moving. I mean, yes. I don't know. It yeah. sounded more like lyrical. She, from yes. she was much more <laughs> poetic about it. I'm yeah. a writer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Hey, it was poetic. It was beautiful. I yeah, tell people that you're welcome all the time that you. What are you going to care now when people say, well, I can't do that because of this. It's not going to matter in 40 years when you're dead or if you're on your deathbed or you're kind of slowing down, you're dying at a nursing home all sad and depressed. It won't matter then. You're going to look yeah. back and be like, well, that didn't mean anything. If people could gain the perspective of an 85-year-old, the world would change in a very, very rapid way. It really would. I agree. I think, and this applies into everything in life, like... For the longest time, I was like, I've, oh, I also struggled with like eating disorders, all of that. Like, hey, <laughs> what a fun time. <laughs> and, uh, living the dream. Yeah, living the dream. For the longest time, I was always like really concerned with weight and becoming skinny and all this stuff. And I mean, I, A, I work out and eat healthier now than I ever have. And I'm not skinny and it's fine. But I was just like, this is so sad, like this one life and this one body, and I'm spending all this energy trying to change it when I could be doing literally anything else. Like, it just made me sad. I was like, I'm not going to try and be like, I'm not going to waste all my precious energy trying to change myself so hard when I could use it to do something else. Beautiful. That is such that is a good message. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michelle says sometimes if it feels scary, that is when you push through. That's kind of what Emily's saying here. Yeah. Yeah. Great right? point, Michelle. And Ed says if I'm in the audience, not picture me in my underwear. I'm not responsible for your response if you do. <laughs> <laughs> Ed. Oh, Ed, you're such a goofball. I don't it. need to see anyone in their underwear in my head. Also, I'm a pole dancer. Yeah. I see people like half naked all the time. <laughs> it would not shock me at all. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're alike in that sense. Uh, I'll go up on stage. I don't care who's out there. I'll say anything. I don't have 
like flying on a plane, I'm terrified. But going up on stage, I feel right at home. I really do. Same. So weird. I was just I was born that way. I don't think I learned it. It just kind of happened. But I know. Uh, Josh says, well, I can say you are the only person who described an experience that I have Aww. myself. Makes me not feel like the only one. Thanks for sharing, Emily. Well, that's beautiful. Josh, that's so sweet. Oh, that's really, really, that's cool. That's, <laughs> yeah, but cool. Josh is, uh, he's not shy about it. Josh has had many challenges, currently deals with mental health disorders that are very, very, uh, cause tons of dysfunction for him. And he's trying to do the best he can mm -hmm. as a father of two and a husband. And uh, so he gets it. So any words yeah. that we can share that people connect with. Oh, thanks, Ed. Difference, so. Yeah, Ed mm -hmm. says, Emily, you rock and are very beautiful. Ed, that is oh, very thank kind you, of Ed. <laughs> wow. <Rude>. Say more. <laughs> Ed, wow. Please stop. Please stop. Oh, stop. I hate it. <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, yeah, the battle of the bulge, if you will. It, I don't have a better term, a better phrase. But me and, me and Leanne, Leanne, shit. I mean, that's... That's what we do. I, That's it. We we have spent so much time. I don't like to focus on weight. And me and Leanne have had a tremendous of debate about scale and not mm. having a scale at all. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to have a scale anywhere. Leanne likes to have the scale. Why do you like to have the scale, Leanne? I don't like it. I'm just, it's, I fall what? back. I fall, no, 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 no. I don't like it, but I fall back into this thing because I weighed myself. I just, oh. I just met up with a friend. Um, that I hadn't talked to in probably 15 years. And I was telling her that I was like, oh, I'm trying to lose weight like I'm doing. It. And she goes, you have been trying to lose weight since like I've known you and I met you in grade seven. She's like, I remember grade seven, you were on a diet and you still haven't changed and you still look the same like you. But in the mirror, I didn't look. I mean, it, it wasn't a, uh, what, what you were talking about. But in the mirror, I saw somebody much, much larger than who I actually was because then I would see pictures of me. It was very odd. I would see pictures of me and be like, wow, that was a really good camera. Like the camera made me look so good. Like that was so deceiving. Yeah. And I would see the people sitting at the table. And when I was sitting at the table, I felt like I was the biggest and everybody else was the smallest. And then I would see the picture and be like, wow, it was like a funhouse camera. Like it was very weird. And so <laughs> I would always, that <laughs> yeah, I'd, always, I'd always feel that way. And then now it's just recently in the last two years. Well, since I've been with you, Mike, I've been really trying not to weigh myself. Um, but then I'll fall back into it and I'll tell myself. That, oh, if I want to get healthy, then I have to weigh myself so I can see what my number is. And then that's how I know and that's how I gauge. And I'm only doing it for the goal. So then I have yeah. something tangible. Well, the tangible is that I can do it my pants. That's the tangible. Sure. It doesn't have to be the fact that I'm like I weigh this and I weigh that. So yeah. why do I like it? I don't like it. But I fall back into old programming a lot. Yeah. So, so this is something I've thought so much about. And a, I mean, if you if you do like the scale, eventually, like keep it. It's not gonna right. your weight can't hurt you. Like right. knowing that number is not going to like point a gun at you. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think it's really important to a unpack like why we think being bigger is bad in the first right. place. Like, why do we hate bigger bodies so much? Like there's mm -hmm. so much in that mm -hmm. and be like, you get to decide what health means for you. Like Amen. 
Is it about doing something you want to do? Is it about, you know, it, it means something different to everyone. And health has almost nothing to do with weight, really, if you look at science. So um, anyway, one tip I will say, and this is what I do this with myself, because I still struggle. I mean, we still live in a society mm-hmm. <laughs> that is like, be thin, bitch. <laughs> I was just going to say, I had the answer to your query. It's advertising. Advertising right. is everything. It's awful. Totally. Uh, but I've, have you ever had this phenomenon where you look at like a picture of yourself, even from like a year ago and you're like, I look so hot in this picture. Like what's what happened to me? I just always remind myself like the picture that I take today, a year from now and be like, you look so hot. And I just try to channel that into today and be like, you look so hot. Like right now. That is amazing. (laughs) That is so good. Yes, 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 yes. That's so good. Oh yeah. my god, I love that. By the way, Ed says he's 50, so he's oh, making fun good, of himself. So good for you, Ed. From, from his earlier comment. Ed loves to self-deprecate. He's the best. Body image at a scale, you can quantify results. Look, advertising makes all of us feel bad about ourselves. That's why advertising exists. They want you to buy stuff because that's their job. Hey, you don't have this. You're missing this. You don't have that. Get right. this by doing this with our product. And it's 100%. awful. I yeah. it's I fucking hate advertising so much. People that work in advertising, I don't hate you personally, but I really loathe the fact that you work in that industry. We all need a paycheck. I get that. We all need to survive. I Ubered overnight. It was a terrible job. I did it. I get it. But gosh, advertising causes so much mental damage in this country. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's exactly right. Like, even it's everything with weight and body image is often just designed to sell you products which if you want to buy them, like I, I love glittery eyeshadow and lipstick. It's fine. Yeah. I'm buying the shit, whatever, but you don't have to. Right. <laughs> uh, and something that always comes up and I was just talking about this yesterday. Like people are like, well, if you don't care about weight, you don't care about health. And I think this is a great place to talk about this on a mental health podcast. Mm-hmm. A weight is not an indicator of health. If you think I'm wrong, you can read about it. Um, and health is not an indicator of moral character at all. Like people who are sick can still be good people. Like why is health, whatever that is, it's a moving target, the ultimate arbiter of who's good and who's bad. I just, I unsubscribe from that. Like when my grandfather was dying of pancreatic cancer, he was very unhealthy. He was also very thin, but he was very unhealthy And that didn't make me love him less. It didn't make him a worse person. It affected nothing about his moral character. It was just a status of his health. So why we think that that is like the utmost qualifier of who's good and who has value is bullshit. That is amazing. Yes. 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 Damn it. Yes. Yeah, subliminal messages. Yeah, it's it's not even subliminal. It's just straight in your face with some of these oh, messages too. It's now sure. it's gotten ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's a free for all. Ed says I bought a scale that would voice your weight. When I first stepped on the scale, it said step one at a time, please. <laughs> Ed jokes. Ed only makes fun of himself because he survives. He's a survivor. That's why yes. we love you, Ed. Uh, Josh says picks at insecurities. That is what advertising is all about. It's all crap. We all know it's crap, but yet. It gets inside our brain. That's the insidious part of it 
even we all say that's not cool and we shouldn't do that anymore and there's been efforts made in the last 10 to 15 years with like uh what are they call plus size is that what it's called plus size yeah. models mm -hmm. yeah. right so uh i appreciate that and that's cool but it should also just be like a norm it shouldn't be like oh these are the special ones over here right <laughs> right you know? i know i agree i mean even like i once described myself in therapy as fat which is not like a bad word it's just a descriptive word if someone describes themselves as skinny you're not like no you're not skinny <laughs> <laughs> um and my therapist like had a conniption she's like you're not fat and i was like why do you think it's so bad for someone to be fat like let me live. You don't correct me when I say my hair is blonde. Like, it's okay. I'm that good, honey. I look good. I feel good. It's okay. <laughs> that is yeah. so good. And a side point to that, too, is like, what, what's wrong with me accepting the fact if it is a reality anyways, even if it right. was not great? I'm just being honest. I, people are like, no, no, no. No, it's okay. I know it. I'm not going to live in right. denial. I understand I what's have going a on mirror. Right now. <laughs> Yeah. I can see. Yes. yes. I see the looks on people's faces every day I go out. I understand. They hate me. Right. They're like, that like a fat guy. They hate me. Why do they hate me? I just eat too much food. I got a problem. I'll get better. I promise. Don't give I up love, on me. I love food. Yeah, it's a yeah. nightmare. Um, we had a wonderful. <laughs> it's we had a wonderful anniversary dinner over the weekend. It was our two year anniversary, and we ate because we said, you know what, let's just enjoy ourselves. And we had a wonderful dinner, you. didn't we, Leanne? We did. It was wonderful. Yeah, because we put so much pressure on ourselves, and we want, you know, I want to be healthy. I do. I want to take care of myself because I want to live a long time. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not trying. If if I if my uh, blood pressure is high because of the food I'm eating, that's a problem. That is a mm -hmm. health problem, right? Yeah, for sure. So, but the weight thing is different. I I completely agree with you on that. Um, it's just a matter of me personally. I know that I'm not I'm not living the best life that I want to be living. Not what society wants. Like, yeah. I've I felt better in my life physically, and I feel better mentally when it's all put together because mm -hmm. I'm taking yeah. care of myself. That's all. That's how I see it. I mean, I agree a hundred percent, and I think too, like. One example I can bearing up is I had some cholesterol issues. My cholesterol was high and I worked really hard. I like changed my diet up. I was like, did all these things, whatever. And now my cholesterol is awesome. I did not lose any weight, but I am healthier <laughs> as oh. a result of these choices. And so it's like, I think that we should do whatever we want to do that makes us feel good. And if we feel healthy and we want to be healthy, cool. But it doesn't mean you're going to lose weight and being bigger is fine. Like it's, it's all good. <laughs> yes. I love that. You have a tremendous perspective. You really do. I'll give you full credit <laughs> for that. Uh, Oh my God, our time has flown by. I We're going to wrap up the show. I can't believe it. This has been so, so much fun. fun. I really enjoy this. We I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you ever want to come back, you're more No, than I'm going to put her on the back. spot. She has to come back. Stop, please have me back. This was so fun. I have like a whole list and you know my memory is awful when we have people on. I'll have like questions and then I'm like at the end, I'm, I don't even know. I have a whole list of questions that I want to be asking you and just talking with you. And so, yeah, you have to come on. You can just decide right. when. Right. <laughs> so we won't Let's put you on the spot. Let's just another day. I mean, I'll text you guys or whatever, but I would love to come back. This has yeah. been great i do want to before we go yes because we've been talking about body image and all this stuff there's two books that like changed my life and like mm. gave me a lot of freedom so if anyone's interested i would highly recommend reading health at every size by linda bacon which is a 
part one is like dispelling myths about weight and health. And part two is like an actual nutrition guide if you want to change your diet or whatever. Awesome. Okay. And the second book is The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor, which is like a self-love manual that is just amazing. And they both gave me so much peace and freedom. I cannot recommend them highly enough to everyone. <laughs> what was the second one? The Body is Not a what? An Apology. The Body is Not an Apology. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love that it. That is awesome. Yeah. Okay. That is awesome. Okay. So we're going to, yeah, Michael, make a note of it. I'll make a post of it. Um, that yeah, I'm is posting the, these in the live chat too. So people awesome. check those out. They're recommendations from Emily Rooker. You can follow her at eRooksTagram on Instagram and anywhere else. But remember, more importantly than anything else, besides her wonderful, wonderful, useful information that she shared about her own existence and overall human existence, she's a great singer and artist and musician, and she's going for it. She's staring her dream in the face, terrified, but moving forward. So please... Let's all give her a follow and a connection on whatever musical platform you prefer. Emily Rooker. That's how you can find her. No uh, one name, no no uh, Madonna, no shares. <laughs> just Emily Rooker. Okay. Yeah. That's check out her new her new single is Waves. It is beautiful. Please check it out. And your new um, album. When is it? When do you think it'll be coming out? It should be coming out in March of 2022. There will be a few more singles coming, like one a month until then. So nice. stay tuned. I post a lot on Instagram um, and all social media. So yeah, let's connect. Awesome. Oh, Great. So Thank good. you so much, Emily. This has been fantastic. Emily Rook, everybody. For Leanne, I'm Michael Govier. First Day Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget book clubs Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Zoom. If you want to connect with us, email or DM us on your favorite social media, and we'll send you the link. And you can just join in anytime. You can audit whenever you feel comfortable with, guys. We know how it goes when it comes to new ventures. Thanks, Emily Rooker. Thank you, everybody. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye.